0: If you're going to try and rival the terror that is Pinhead, it
1: should be somebody tax-related. Stupid Eugene talking. Let's back up to somewhat intelligent Eugene. If you didn't see the twist coming, I will never see the twist coming. Love it, Steven It uh, is devoid of color. I always, I never, hardly ever... Uh, we all know and love this movie. His filmography kind of
2: goes by his gut. Like, when you get out of here, go, get, smoke your pot somewhere else. And it's wafting in here, the smell.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Yes. Great. Uh, the s- smell of a kid's shit. It's yeah. just... <laughs> just uh, I, like, I sat down,
2: put my headphones on, I just, the door opened, I just kind of turned around, and he peeked in, like, bathroom? I'm like... There's there's two other bathrooms in the house, but it's yeah. going to be taking a shit in the one three feet away from me.
0: Uh huh. That's very normal. Corbin mm-hmm. has has taken to, instead of come say, hey, daddy, come wipe my butt after he's done, now when he knows he's got a crap, he runs in the bathroom, takes all of his clothes off, socks and everything, sits there for a minute, pumps out a couple of nuggets, then comes <laughs> and says, dad, you got to wipe my butt, and then goes back and sits down, and I have to go stand there for like five <laughs> minutes waiting on him to finish up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's. Oh, that uh, just makes me want to have kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it should. Every episode of the show now, we just talk, uh, I'm talking about wiping a kid's ass. Oh well.
1: <sighs>
0: Married life. Yep.
1: So, how's it going, guys? Good, I suppose. Yeah. Tired. Busy at work. Same old. Eugene?
2: Oh, it's. It's been a doozy of a day. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh yeah. it's been a humdinger. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. But I'm not working anymore. Well, I'm not working right this second, but. <laughs> At least yeah. for the next two hours. Except, yeah. Yeah. One one bright shining spot was I saw that, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? The, uh. Brian O'Malley, the director of The Lodgers, he liked to tweet or whatever that I did. I'm like, ah, that's kind of cool. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah. So The Lodgers is actually doing uh fairly well for a movie that only got released in like a handful of theaters, us being one of them. So that's yeah, kind of cool. I like to support like the little guy like that, you know, and the, the smaller, well, especially if the movie's actually
0: good and there's been really good feedback for the movie. So. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. It's always fun when uh the- somebody of a note, or at least in the cinematic world, likes something you tweet. Yeah. I, I always get a kick out of that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought that was kind of kind of cool. So,
2: anyway.
1: Ugh.
0: Well, I guess before we dive any further into the show, I wanted to, real quick, just say uh, that um, yeah, these days it's kind of obnoxious when people say thoughts and prayers. And uh, for good reason, because most of the time it's being used for things that can actively be fixed with, physical action instead of just thoughts and prayers. But I did want to say tonight for something that cannot be fixed by my or your physical actions, uh, thoughts and prayers out for Kevin Smith, yes. who uh, is a big influence on me and the podcast community as a whole. He's one of the legends. He had a massive heart attack, I guess, last night. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. And-
0: yeah, he survived, thank God. Stick around, dude. We need you to record a couple thousand more podcasts, yes. please. Not,
2: only, not only did he survive, but he posted a kind of funny picture
0: of him laying in the hospital bed. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our Kevin Smith right there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out to him. Because he, really, love him or hate him, and a lot of people do hate him, but whatever. He has was a huge force... In, in launching podcasting, in my opinion. Agreed. He was, he was one of the groundbreakers.
1: And he still does like, how many does he do? He, he has like five or six going or something. I don't know. I can't keep track of them all, yeah. but, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a dork like that, but yes. <laughs> He's got plenty going, and good for him. I'm glad that he survived, and hopefully he'll hang around for... Quite a while longer. Yeah, it makes me
2: just, especially at my age now, when I hear like Kevin Smith and then a year ago Bob Harper, I'm like Bob Harper, like he is like chiseled out of stone. Heart attack, almost died. I'm like, Good God. So, well, there was
0: a study I read this last week about if uh, for the uh, the the main thread among people who make it to ninety isn't working out. It's alcohol. Oh well. Cheers to that! <laughs> oh, we're we're gonna live forever. Yeah, no, I think it was a reasonable two drinks. Not yeah, not, well, it not was seven, people seven. who drink
1: live longer, or people who don't drink live longer. People who drink,
0: huh? And the people the people that work out. It was some. I think it was an Asian doctor was saying that your heart is like a muscle or any other tool. It has so many beats. So if you're working out, you're working it harder than it needs to be worked, and you're wearing it out essentially. Sort of like peeling out your tires on your car every time you take off. Hmm. I'm just paraphrasing from a couple of headlines I read and right. I'm
1: just gonna go with that. Yeah. We need to pause Cheers. the show. I need to go get some booze because I'm not gonna... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've... No,
2: mm. I, don't, I don't even have to pause the show. I've got my... <laughs> I've, I've got my setup here and my healthy e-cig, I might add. Well,
0: which they're finding now is also ba- about bad for you for multitude of reasons. No, I'm sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's either that or McDonald's or whatever. I the know. Hell. Some, I'm it's like, always something. I
2: am like, you know what? I love nicotine and I'm not smoking cigarettes, so I'm healthy. <laughs>
0: eh, <no. laughs> yeah. I'm actually doing really good on that front. I think I might be done. Smoking? Yeah. E cig or I've, just or I've, complete. No, nothing. I've I have I have had one cigarette in I think three months. Wow. Cause and I'll... I had about three puffs on that, and then I felt like crap, and then I woke up with a headache. So I might actually be done done with that, but we'll see. It's always easier for me to quit in the wintertime because it's cold and I don't want to go outside. So I usually just quit for like six months out of the year.
2: The ease of these the ease of cigarettes, though, are like you – obviously nicotine is highly addictive, but you don't get – all of the chemicals that come with a cigarette, but at the same time, you know, this liquid that tastes so delicious, I'm like, this can't be good for my body, as I'm going to just go ahead and take a drag off of my strawberry
0: banana right now. (laughs) All new chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) Steven's over there like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, but I got lead paint in the house, I'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Uh, We all
1: die from something. That's We do.
2: And in the meantime,
0: let's watch movies and let's talk about movies. There we go. Yes, indeed. Okay. Ah, Let's do as we always do and dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough with the movie roulette. And the last episode, it was Message from the King up against Nightworld, up against
1: whatever Stephen is bringing. And Stephen, you get to go first, buddy. I hate to disappoint you, I did not have time to watch a roulette. Goodbye, Steven. Just... We will te- talk to you next week on that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Always a pleasure. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, what I could do, though, is I could chime in on The Ritual, because I did get that one watched after you guys' last review. Oh, so, that, to- that totally counts. Perfect. You, you yep. just
0: have to watch, it doesn't matter if we watched it, you just have to watch one of the roulettes to yeah. have something to talk about. Yeah, well, so, I,
1: you know, That counts. I texted you guys a little bit in that um, chat or whatever, but the very definition of a gem in the rough is the ritual. I mean, everything that I look for in a horror movie was in here. And um, for a movie like this that's so isolated, one thing that really, really has to work, especially because you have like four guys, is the the actors have to be good. They look familiar. I don't recognize them from anything, but they look familiar. But regardless, those four guys were really really good and if the, if you have such a limited cast and the acting is just a little subpar the movie just doesn't work but these guys did a great job um with the acting and then you mix in there all the other the bloody gory cool effects and especially like the opening scene i guess technically it's the second scene in the movie when they're in the convenience store or whatever and then boom that that thing happens you're like okay i'm in and yep, then you just go me too um, but like when they get in there in the woods and then they have like, not dreams necessarily, but visions or whatever, like hallucination type stuff. I don't know really what you would call it, but the one character sees the store like appear in the woods. That, I, that, was that all practical or was that digital? How did it they was do that? Great. Cause it looked fantastic. But, well, And mean, just how,
2: and, and how that tied in, Steve, like, like, um, I, we talked about this last week, but I'm like, please just everything kind of fit together. And then with the mythology and everything that was going on and how it did wrap up, uh, I'm like, that all made sense to me. And I thought yeah. that that was a brilliant bit of filmmaking there with what they did with that bit. Cause it could have gone one way, but they stayed on track and it yeah. so worked. Yeah.
1: Cause it wasn't a dream. It was like actually happening, you know, it was, it was messing with their mind, but it was actually happening. And then yeah. just the way the movie wrapped up with everything, it was just, it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, I, I really don't have anything even bad to say about the movie. It was just, I, I loved it. Big thumbs up. Yeah. And I like I like I, it when people like in
2: a movie actually do things that normal people would typically do in a situation like uh, it's awful situation like that. Like for the most part, I'm like. They're kind of acting like real dudes would act in a situation like this with a traumatic experience happening, and then this all unfolds. And no one was an outright prick like so many times in newer movies. It's like everybody is a raging asshole. And here I'm like, I get all of their characters, and I get why you know certain people are doing certain things.
0: Well, that well, that one friend was kind of a prick because he was like blaming him for the yeah. other guy's to, But I, I never like, but I
2: never I I it didn't I never got to the point where I'm like I hate this guy. No, never yeah. was I like this guy's a compl- come on, no one acts like that. They all like I get it.
0: The only complaint that I was able to come up with for the whole thing this was after thinking about it for a few days and I'm going to be vague here to avoid spoiler but they kind of leave the main guy there or the main guy was just man, what a rough patch that guy had mm-hmm. throughout the course of everything and the way that it ended. It was like, how's this guy not kill himself <laughs> after all this? I mean, because I'm trying to think of the aftermath.
1: Yeah.
0: What what happens following, you know, the next couple of days.
1: Yeah, I want to see the movie yeah. continue. He the, the movie can still go on for a little bit even after it ends. Yeah. How yeah. do you explain this shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. All around thumbs up on the ritual. Anything else you guys want to add for that? We'll move nope. on. Okay, I'll go next, and Eugene, you can go last this week, because you'll probably go first. Next week, Message from the King on a relentless quest to avenge his sister's murder. A man from Cape Town infiltrates a sprawling network of lowlifes and elites in Los Angeles, starring Chadwick Boseman, Luke Evans, Teresa Palmer, Alfred Molina, and... Oh, just mad sirens going off in town. Of course. Cue dogs barking any second. Uh, directed by Fabrice Wells. I'm probably... Mis- pronouncing that, but whatever. French guy who made the dancing pig fucking movie. (laughs) Calvair. Calvair, there you go. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie all the way through while I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is a good revenge thriller kind of movie. It has little bouts of gore here and there. Not much. Don't get super excited, Eugene. But there are a couple of parts throughout this movie where I'm like, that's gross. Like, damn, gross. And it kind of went as expected until about the third act, and then, uh, the, knowing the director, it wasn't really surprising that he throws in some extremely sexually pervy stuff. It worked for the story very well. It made you want to get revenge even more, along with your main character. And it all wraps up in puzzle pieces together very well. Enjoyed the movie. Now, I'm going to be very careful in how I explain this next part, because if there's there's nothing worse than when somebody tells you Oh, you should go watch this movie because there's this twist and you just won't believe it. And you won't see it coming because then the whole movie, you look for the twist and then it ruins it whenever there is a twist. That's not what I'm saying is happening in this movie. That's not what happened really in this movie. But at the very, very, very tail end of this movie, there's a kind of like a tag. Just just a little bit of a tag. And I was like, oh, OK. And then I thought about the movie for like three days straight, and it changed for me everything that happened in the movie. <laughs> and I didn't even realize that when I was watching the movie, it was just after I thought about it for a while, I was like, shit, now I gotta I gotta watch that movie again. Like, that kind of changed everything for me. I just didn't think about it. It was very interesting, very well done, expertly shot. Uh For the majority of the movie, Eugene, I was gonna tell you, I'll leave it in the queue and maybe check it out sometime, but... It's maybe not for Eugene, but now that I'm all all said and done, I'm thinking about it. You should definitely check it out because you're a fan of that director. Yes, I am. Be one to check off. It's not a horror movie by by I don't think any stretch. And again, it's it's a couple of bits of gore. It's not worth freaking out about for a horror guy. It's not even like I'm trying to think of an action movie that's like gory. Uh, Dread. I don't know. Yeah, it's it but see it's not even like that much. It's just there are a cut like three things in the movie that are they they shine on it and it's like, "Oh, fuck, that's gross." Um and one's like an autopsy kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, uh-huh. it's a cop procedural, so w- whatever. Um uh, anyway, I definitely think you should check it out because uh the way that they wrapped up that story like then that was at the writing level. It really altered the way I thought about the entire story. And I, it made me like it way more. I just, I don't know what it was. Just that little tag. And I'm sure a lot of people have probably watched this and they're going, oh, well, duh, I saw that coming a mile away. I didn't, I, I didn't even think about it because it's not a major twist to the story. I mean, I guess it, God, I'm all confused
1: because it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. If you didn't see the twist coming, I will never see the twist coming. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, at any rate. Uh, You
0: should both check it out. Steven, I would definitely say you more than than Eugene because he's the horror guy, but Eugene, since you're a fan of the director, I think you will come away with a smile and be happy that you watched it. I got it added to my queue.
2: Yep, it stays in my queue. And actually, you're right, Eric, I will uh, definitely watch that because of the director because I've seen like two of the movies that I've seen from him, I both really, really liked. So although those were horror, this one is not. I'm fine. I just, I want to watch this director's other work. So I'll definitely watch that, hopefully sooner than later.
0: And as far as like revenge thrillers go, like what was that one of Mel Gibb's payback,
1: mm-hmm.
0: paycheck, payback. payback,
1: yeah,
0: shit like that. Where like he gets mad, and and you understandably so, but he gets progressively madder as it goes, and it makes sense for him to do so. Does he whip ass when he? I mean, good lord, like you want to see these people all die violent deaths, and and for the most part, he does a very good job of of Doing putting it all together the way it needs to be put together. That's that's what I'll say.
2: You know, speaking. I of was the, not
0: disappointed. So
2: speaking of uh, revenge thrillers, uh, I'm on the fence about getting uh, "You Were Never Really Here" because uh, the distributor and I have been talking back and forth for a little Ooh. while now, and they they want us to play it, but I've been reading some advanced reviews, most of which are really good, but it is supposedly shockingly violent, and I'm like, oh man, I, I'm like, it gets to a point where it's like. Is that going to do well at uh, you know at our theater with that? Because sometimes if it gets to be overtly violent, like it kind of can, like uh eh. But I want to yeah. see that movie so bad, and it kind of sounds like that,
0: like that, I, I guess a bit. It's uh, this isn't that violent. Okay, but I know what you're talking about as far as getting it for the theater. Can you maybe get it for like? One or two, or for like two nights? No, no they want like a no, week they, or two. Oh, they
2: want several weeks, uh, just due, nah. due to the star power and the buzz that the movie is getting. And I'm like, ooh, that is that's that is officially considered a risk. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway.
0: Well, good luck with that decision. I'm glad that uh, I don't have to make it. <laughs> yeah, <that's>... um, <laughs> heavy is the crown, sir. Heavy yeah. is the crown. Let's move on to the next round of the roulette. And I'll go first. First um, up is your. Can I uh, what? do
2: my review or?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, over to Eugene Nightworld. You know, I didn't get a text about it. I just assume it's shit. Go ahead. Oh, whoa, whoa. bingo. <laughs>
2: um, Nightworld, uh, starring Robert England and not a whole lot else. Uh, uh, police officer named Brett Brockwell or some stupid last name. Uh. Takes a job in the apartment building in Bulgaria's capital. Translation, low budget. Cheap's land. Uh, Yes. And there's another world there that ghosts reside in, including his dead wife. And he falls in love with a Bulgarian lady that's half his age, which is no problem. Whatever. It's just he's not a, he's, he's lacking
0: in acting area. Um, uh, Jeremy, I mean, he was in Mallrats. I mean, what do you what do you want? He was? Isn't Jeremy, was it Jeremy London? Um, or was the other London? It's the other, Jason London. There's two Jason Londons London. and They look, okay. Wasn't he in Mallrats? Jason London. Uh, I don't know why I'm holding that up as like the pinnacle of acting, a <laughs> movie that bombed, I don't know. No, well, he was
2: in Dazed and Confused. Oh, well, okay. There you go. Oh, okay, wow. there you go. 119 credits. Okay, so then obviously uh, this may have fallen on directing because I, he didn't work for this movie. Um, actually, nothing really worked for the movie. Just lots of talking, walking around the building, uh, dead wife, ghost thingy, him and the girl, uh, fake humping, uh, <laughs> Robert Englund being blind. <laughs> roll credits. It was, I mean, it was not good, but I. This is the roulette, so trust me when I say I've seen worse than this. But uh, does it get no. any slack
1: here? It says it was filmed in eighteen days. Is that... Does oh, that, that long?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, th- this reminds me, the last time Stephen was on, we were talking about that shit movie that we both watched a little bit of that was in Thailand or something, oh. and you wanted Stephen to watch it. Did you get around to doing that? Uh,
1: in th- oh, no, no. Oh, with
0: Taylor Scout Compton. Okay, it was nice talking to you, Stephen. We'll get you on next time. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh for two okay <laughs>
2: I will say uh, night world was definitely better than that and that one had way better production values but I I loathed that movie I, what was it called hell
0: spawn demon uh, death angel something uh, stupid I don't know Helen Taylor whatever from Halloween who's not gonna act again yeah that that
2: uh, everything oh, I remember. about we this we talked better.
0: about that one yeah yeah
2: yeah but um and yeah, night sure, world yeah. and there is that there is such a thing in this movie as night world which is <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. It's We're done. I'm starting to get... It was, also
1: thinking the, about it was the first Bulgarian production to get a limited theatrical theatrical release in the U.S. So, I mean, there's something there.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Robert Anglin's blind in it, and he's the exposition guy that explains everything to our Brett Brockwell guy. and Brett Brockwell. Uh, and they smoke
0: cigarettes because... No, let's move on. Okay. Well, I already tried to, but you wanted to. You desperately wanted to talk about Night World. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next round for you. Here's your uh, Roulette Horror Pick of the Week. But I, I watched the trailer, and it it might it's foreign, and so it might be might have it looked okay. Maybe might might have some scares in it. Uh, in 1991, Madrid. After holding a séance at school, a teen girl. Minding her younger siblings at home, suspects an evil force has entered their apartment. They play with a Ouija board. Ooh, and then the girls all act all possessed and jump scares. Uh, Next up, The Breadwinner. A courageous 11-year-old Afghan girl disguises herself as a boy and takes on odd jobs to provide for her family when her father is arrested. This is an animated film. This is from the director of Secret of the Kells. Do you remember that one? It was like a Scottish thing. And it looks perfect for the theater, but it's on Netflix. I've seen yeah, that, we got, with, that we, we got that at the theater.
1: Yeah, I've seen that oh, show up on a lot of actually best of the year lists right
0: there. Yep. so Well, it just popped on Netflix, so there you go. And lastly, your documentary, Bugs. A willing te- team of chefs and researchers goes on a gastronomic adventure around the globe to weigh the benefits of using bugs as a future food source. And it's only like 80 minutes. But I figured, since I didn't hear anything about... Night world. Maybe I'd throw Eugene a nice light documentary. Thank you. There you go. Okay. And heading your way. First up
2: is uh Netflix is a ghost town as of late. So I'm just throwing some uh, previous roulettes your way. First up is American fable, which this one I think does sound genuinely good, but yeah, you know, the drill uh, after 11 year old giddy discovers a man who can grant wishes Hiding in her family's silo, she is forced to choose between saving the man's life and protecting her family. Uh, I think that was actually last week that I had that one on the...
0: That's fine. Yeah. Because they don't get picked, they're just still on the pod. Uh, Next up is a new
2: movie called Mute. This is directed by Duncan Jones and stars Paul Rudd, Justin Theroux, and Alexander Skarsgård. And that's a pretty good... That's a really good cast and a really good director. A mute bartender goes up against his city's gangsters in an effort to find out what happened to his missing partner. And, uh, wow, that's, uh, that could be ritual level good. Uh, and lastly is the, the good old similars. Uh, this has been on, this is honestly getting to be, to where it's been on the roulette longer than most other
0: stuff that we keep throwing back and forth, or at least I throw your way. Uh, oh, I've thrown it. I was the first one to throw it your way. I think I, I I'm seriously close to taking it just so that it can be done. But uh, I, yeah, I'm taking mute. I, I just listened to Mark Marin interview Duncan Jones today for an hour. So yeah, I'm, I'm all over mute. Okay, I feel
2: 100%. And due to the lovely Night World, I am steering clear of anything even remotely. Shitty, so let's just go with the safe pick of the week,
0: which is Bugs. Alright. There you go. Red Winter did look good though. I watched the trailer. Animation was beautiful.
2: Yeah, I program when I programmed it in, I watched uh I probably watched 10-15 minutes of it, but that's not enough to say I watched the movie, but it's yeah, what I saw, that's that's good. Uh heavy subject matter, but the animation is really, really good. Uh but I I don't I haven't seen enough of it to have an, you know,
0: a full on opinion of it. Okay, there you go. Next week it will be Mute up against Bugs. Mute Bugs. Hmm. Okay, for our second segment, uh, Oscars are coming, well, by the time this comes out, Oscars are coming up this weekend, tomorrow, probably in the future. And so I wanted to chat about Oscars and put out there our annual Oscar contest. So I'm going to get through this information here at the front and the back end of this segment. So just bear with me for a little bit, guys. This is for the audience. Uh, the, the way we usually play this contest is I give you 10 categories, and I want to know everybody to vote on who they think is going to win. Not who they want to win, who they think is going to win. So, uh, but I, since it gets bigger and bigger every year and people get closer and closer to tying, I found a way to make an interesting tiebreaker, I think, and hope. And I may send you, I'm, I'm leaving myself an out this year, I may send you a gift if you're the winner. I want you to send your entries to moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Do not post them on the page for everyone to see. Send them to the email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. These, get your pencils ready, these are the ten categories that I want to hear from. Ready? I'm going to say them again at the end of this segment, so you can get your paper now and wait till then. Best picture. uh, Actor in a lead. Actress in a lead. Actor supporting. Actress supporting. Writing original, not uh, writing adapted. Writing original, cinematography, directing, visual effects, and music score, not music song. Music score. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those are the ten that I want everybody to send one in. Then of the remaining eh, thirteen or fourteen categories, I want you to pick one and pick a winner. I don't care. I just want, so your total entry number should be 11. You got the 10 main ones I just listed and then any of the other categories, pick a winner from one of them and that's going to be the tiebreaker. Does that seem like a good way to do it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I don't get too much crossover there. And if you win and have the most right answers, eh, I may send you a prize. Only if you're in the lower United States 48. Because shipping, uh, the prizes aren't that great, people. Just just relax. But it might just be respect. I might just sing your <laughs> praises on Facebook. I hey. don't know. We have to see. I, I kind of like to keep it that way because I don't know who's going to win. And I, if it's somebody that we know from interacting with on the page, then I can kind of tailor a prize for them. Sometimes if it's a total random person, then I feel bad you know, sending you the novelization of Back to the Future 3, or whatever dumb shit I (laughs) happen to dig up. (laughs) Um, Okay, I will go over that again at the end of the segment, but Oscars, Oscars, what do you guys think? Thoughts? So do you want us to give some some of our thoughts on who's going to win, who, all that stuff? I mean, if you want to, people might use your answers. I just... uh, what are the interesting categories to you where you think there's good conflict or where it's going to be really hard to pick a winner? I tried to pick categories where it's going to be – I think there's a, several good films that have a good chance of winning, so it makes it difficult. You know, yeah. there's not a clear front frontrunner. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I wouldn't mind maybe going over some that I, th- I think – maybe not that I want, but I think are going to win just because it is – this, this show will come out on Saturday, so it's like literally a day away. Uh, but, Go for it. It's fine. It's uh, just your thoughts. I, I think for Best Picture, I do think that Shape of Water is going to take it. Me too. That that's just that's just my gut feeling. Um, personally, I think that Get Out would be so cool if if the little underdog movie would sweep in and just win Best Picture because it's such a great movie. Or Dunkirk, which is one of like one of my top two or three favorite movies of the year. Uh, Having said that, that is a pretty stacked list of Best Picture nominations. Uh, So uh, I haven't seen them all, but I would guess that Shape of Water is going to take Best Picture. Steve, what do you think? You've watched most of them, I believe.
1: Uh, I've seen all of them. Um, I think, like you, I think Shape of Water is going to take Best Picture. If it was up to me, I would have Dunkirk um, uh, win Best Picture. Um, I don't know there's going to be too many surprises. I think Best Picture is kind of obvious, at least. I mean, from what I hear, by here I just mean searching it on the Google. Uh, And for actor, Gary Oldman, I think that's about as much of a lock as can possibly be. Um, You think so? You think even above Daniel Day-Lewis and his final? Oh, I think so. I think that's the biggest lock there is. Is wow. Gary? Okay. He he's won every single award leading up to the Oscars. Yeah.
0: Now then, and I I also agree that I think Shape of Water is probably going to be the pick for Best Picture. But I think also too, everybody is so sure that it's going to be the pick that, won't be. that I'm looking over the list and I'm going. Call Me by Your Name. We have you know a uh, gay romance movie. We've got two war movies. Uh, Get Out's not going to win. Uh, that would be a shocker among all shockers. It wouldn't bother me if it did at all. That'd be great. Lady Bird has got nothing but love all across the board, plus female director, Mm -hmm. which has been a topic this year. Phantom Thread. uh, When isn't a Paul Thomas Anderson joint up in that conversation? And it's his last movie, quote unquote, for Daniel Day-Lewis. So there's that. The Post, the media getting one over on the government. Why? I mean, it's that kind of year. Yeah. That I I, Three billboards, racism. I mean, it's there's all kinds of things here that any of these I think can have a pretty good chance, except for Get Out. I don't – I'd like to see that happen, but I don't think it will.
1: I think the one – if there's one that has a chance to upset up The Shape of Water, I think Three Billboards is probably the one who has the best chance. Um, but I hope we do get some upset. It's always more fun when, you know, they call the name and you're like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. So I hope there I are upsets, but I, I think yeah. Shape of Water. But...
2: Yeah, I think even, for, like, for, for Best Director uh, – I'll just stick with uh, Shape of Water. Gilmore De- Del Toro is probably going to take it for Best Director. Um, but has he won a lot of awards? No, I mean major awards. I know, no, he's like, been
0: nominated a lot, hasn't he? Yeah, but he hasn't quite. Yeah. Hmm.
2: But I think it's cool. that It's a fantasy movie, and it's you know a fantasy science fiction type director. I think that's that's cool. I I like that.
1: I was just going to say, I think like supporting actress. A lot of times you'll see upsets there. That's usually a category that's kind of were difficult to pick. I think Alice and Janney might be the favorite there, but I, that one, I think, is kind of up in the air for two or three different people to maybe win that one.
0: I'm really interested to see what happens with uh, directing and uh, writing original. I think those two are going to be really interesting. Now, I did watch... Uh, we're, right now, we have the Oscar
2: uh, shorts program running at the theater, so uh, all of... Like, every single nominated short is... Is playing and I watched all of them and uh, I know that these are I don't wanna, I hate to say they're lesser type categories but it's you know it's cool to watch them all and see what might be an up-and-coming director or um, it's just it's almost like filmmakers are putting their talent out there for possibly bigger gigs and uh, they're it was interesting watching them all it's almost like the categories themselves reminded me of little versions of the the big nominated movies that you know dealing with racism and school shooting and the it runs the gamut of of things that are you're going to find in the the big awards so i i i'm going to real quick here go through what i think's going to win best animated short best live action short and best documentary short and let's see if i can get any of those i think that for animated short um, now, this is not necessarily what I want to win, but I think that Lou will win. That's the Pixar short. It's really, really good. Um, what I would like to win is uh, Garden Party, which was fantastic. It's a French animated movie with some of the best animation I have ever seen in my life. And it is really, really, really good. It's short. It's only like f- barely five, maybe a little over five minutes, but it is... Fantastic. So I think the garden party is going to, or I think Lou is going to win best animated short. I think live action, uh, oh, that, that was a tough one because every single one of them, other than, uh, one in particular is, which is the 11 o'clock is, uh, they're all heavy, heavy subject matter. But I think the one that's going to probably take the live action, uh, will be Watu Wote slash all of us. Which is, uh, Muslims and Christians on a, uh, bus and they get pulled over by some terrorists. And it's, it's huh. really, really good. It's like, it feels like a big budget movie condensed into like 15, uh, extremely tense minutes, but it was really, really good. What I think what would affected me the most with the live actions though is The Silent Child, which is a, I believe it's a U either Australian or UK short, but it was so good. It's about this, um, this little deaf girl, and uh, her—I don't want to say oblivious parents, but her, her very obviously wealthy parents that don't have time for her—they hire this uh, this teacher to help teach her uh, to listen to voices. Well, this teacher actually uh, wants to teach her sign language, and that's too difficult for the parents to—they don't want to—they don't want to deal with that, and it is—it is. It is so heartbreaking and it like I wasn't expecting like I these are shorts I'm gonna be fine with it that one there at the end I'm like oh hoo. here come I'm getting choked up over this one that was extremely good but it doesn't I don't I can't see that one taking uh, the best live action uh, anyway um, and then as far as the documentary shorts I think that Edith and Eddie will take it because of the subject matter but it was probably my least favorite of the bunch which is uh, this a ninety five year old and a ninety six year old uh they get married and the uh the woman's uh children come in to just cause problems and it's it's really really sad. Uh, but it it feels like it feels like something that would win. But I think what should win is Knife Skills, which was uh filmed in Cleveland. It's actually about a Cleveland restaurant that uh that basically it's a program for people that are fresh out of prison they can go through this course a culinary I course heard about this one yeah and they you know the best of the best end up working at this place or it's a program and the, i mean it's like high-end cuisine and you know the owner of this place he himself is kind of a damaged soul and it was it was fantastic like and even though i mean i love cleveland so if i'm gonna you know i'm pushing for cleveland for the win but that was the one that affected me the most for the uh, documentaries, but they were all really, really interesting to watch. And it, like I said, just interesting to see how these are all miniature versions of the big movies that are out there.
0: So, and anyway. like everybody in that restaurant, like all of the workers, busboys, waiters, servers, it's like the majority of them are felons. Right? Yes. Yep. They're all felons. Yeah. That's cool.
2: Yeah. But, and you can tell like it's the owner, he means business. And if you don't cut it, you're out. Uh and, there was a lot of respect going on there, and it was it was really cool. And just to see some shots of Cleveland, am like, yeah, Cleveland, heck yeah. <laughs> so, okay, that's an I, I've rambled on too long.
1: Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. I always, I never, hardly ever watch the shorts. That's something I just neglect from the Oscars, just because I don't know just the availability or whatever. But that's something I need to watch. I just I never really have for whatever reason. Good. Never.
0: Good time. Goodbye, we... Steven. We'll we'll talk to you next time, <laughs> <Yep>. I guess. It <laughs> keeps coming circling this, around to back. Yeah, this is the show where we just keep hanging up on Steven. <laughs> Goodbye, Steven. <No. laughs>
2: oh, Eric, anything from you as far as like what do you think's going to win
0: or I'm I'm oh man, it's, it's a tough look. I I haven't I haven't studied the list too much, but just looking over it today when I was putting together for the Oscar contest, I'm like, man, there are a lot of different things at play here. And I know that it probably sounds weird of me to bring up that, oh, this is the one directed by the woman, this is the one directed by the black guy, or this is the one written by the black guy, uh, as or there's the gay movie as uh, being a thing, but uh, that's a thing with the Academy. It is a... Remember a couple of years ago when people were admitted in the press that they were voting for movies that they had not even watched yet just Mm -hmm. because it felt right? You know what I'm saying? I've been pretty vocal in my disdain for the Oscars as... I just, they're not infallible by any stretch. I know everybody votes on it, and it's kind of a democratic system, but I, I think the, I've said this so many times, but I'll, it's my annual Oscar griping bitch session. I feel like they should put the shit off for five years, a minimum. Like, you should just, we should be looking at movies from, uh what is it, 20, so 2012. That That's what movies they should be voting on this year is 2012, because that gives everybody time to watch these movies, gives them time to sink in, gives you time to revisit them, the ones that are great and see, you know, how, how often do our reviews change of movies that we watch? It's the same thing here. And I think that some movies just last longer uh, in the grand scheme of things. If you go back and look at all you have to do to prove my point is go back and look at the movies that did not win Best Picture, that were up for it. And the movies that did win go, go back 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And you're just, you're like, I never even heard of that movie. How did that beat out, you know, Apocalypse Now or whatever? Yeah. And it's infuriating to me. So I don't put a lot of stock in the Oscars. It's just kind of a, at the end of the year, uh, you know, they there's a reason there's a term Oscar bait, because people make Oscar baity movies at the end of the year because they know it's going to be freshest in your mind. I would love for that to change. And the only way that's going to change is if they delay it long enough that everybody has a time to, to consume this shit. Otherwise it's just a bunch of people in the industry cramming 50 movies at the end of the year yeah. and then going, ah, that's the best one. I still will never
2: understand the Shakespeare in love win over saving private Ryan. That, <laughs> that was the biggest in that I can think of. That was the biggest upset that I can remember. I know that, There was the other
0: one. Uh, What was it called? Um, Oh, it was Apocalypse Now. Lost to uh, Kramer and Kramer. Yeah, I think so.
2: Crash. Crash was the other one that I was thinking of. That was a complete surprise win when that thing took home Best Picture of the Year. Uh, And it's a good movie. That went over. Uh, That was a while ago now.
1: Yeah, that wasn't that went over though. Crash was like remember two thousand five ish, six ish, something like that.
2: Yeah, you know, maybe it was. No, the English patient won best picture. I've, if whatever, there was definitely a frontrunner there that everybody was expecting to win. Then out of nowhere, Crash wins best picture. And uh, granted, I I liked the movie. I watched it one time, but I'm not like boy, I need to revisit that one. Oh, wasn't Man. that Capote?
1: Yeah. Wasn't that Capote? I think could have been. I think that's when Philip Seymour Hoffman won for that. Uh, maybe actor, but Capote didn't win best picture. No, ever did it? No, okay. I'm saying Capote might have been one of the ones people wanted to win. What year was Crash? Oh. I'll look it up. Okay, I, well, I, I, I want to say, I say you're right. Two thousand three, two thousand five, somewhere. Crash like was maybe? I don't know. Crash was
0: two thousand four. Hey, I had the field goal posts. Yeah,
2: <laughs> close. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I just I remember. I that was the one. Like, I don't always watch all of the Oscars, but that was one where I did, and I remember at the end, I'm like, "What?" Yeah, that was it. Was like, cr- that was one that was like way low on the list? Like that. That that was a. That's the Get Out. That hey, your award is you were, your award was yeah. that you were nominated.
1: Yeah, that year it was Crash, Brokeback Mountain, Good Night and Good Luck, Capote, and Munich. Those were the Best Picture nominees.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, any one of those. Flip a coin.
0: Good yeah. Night and Good Luck was really good. Again, another one like The Post where the media is rising up over the government. Did you ever see that one, Eugene? No. That's a good movie.
1: I don't never saw know that, that I have either, actually. I don't think I have. Oh, you'd love it.
0: You'd love it, Stephen. Yeah. It uh, is devoid of color.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up my alley, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a good movie, though. I was surprised how much I enjoyed that one. Did you guys watch Capote? Yes. I did not. I wanted to, though. I just never got around to it. That was so. good. I, another reason why you should delay the Oscars... Because I know that the paid professionals, the people that get to vote, have time to just sit around and watch five movies a day. And I know that on this show, it probably really seems like we do. But, (laughs) (laughs) uh, no, I I don't have time to track all of those down. Although, I would really like to get on the Oscar screener list, wherever I can sign up for that,
1: please. That'd be nice. That would
0: be magic. (laughs) Okay, anything else you guys want to... I really don't like it when a car parks outside of our house.
2: And they're just, they just are parked on the road with their lights on. I'm like, it, I'm just waiting for a bullet to zing through my window. Or, like, will you get out of here? Go. Get.
0: Smoke your pot somewhere else. Fucking losers. Oh, they're not doing that. They're they they are are spying on you. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually been watching a lot of movies this week with that exact scenario in it. Black helicopters and... <laughs> no, not, not conspiracy stuff. Just, like... The, the, the detective sitting outside somebody's house all night, stakeout, and looking in through the windows.
1: Yeah. Now, okay, what were some anyway. of your guys' best movies of the year, just personally, because I don't think you guys did a top ten or anything of the year. What were some of your guys' favorite movies of the year?
0: Yeah, we didn't get around to doing that. We usually do that around this time, but Oscar snuck up on me, and we've both been crazy busy, and I haven't actually watched a, you know, ton of stuff from last year. I could maybe do like a top three.
2: Eugene, top three. Yeah, I could do a top. I could do a top three as well. Uh, right. I mean, right now sitting at number one is uh, still the mother. The mother. Hold on. Beep. <laughs> Cut. Stupid I'm... Eugene, talking. Okay, let's back up to somewhat. Quit intelligent making it funny. Eugene. I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> somewhat intelligent, Eugene. Start right now. Take two. Uh, so my number one movie would be Darren Aronofsky's Mother, and uh, number because just because of the surprise that that movie was. That was. Incredible. And number two would be probably Dunkirk. And number three, there's a good chance number three would be Get Out. Now that's, I, I haven't really looked down through my list of everything that I've watched, so that could change, but those three are probably in, at least in my top five, but Mother is definitely number one. And Dunkirk is just fantastic. Fantastic movie.
0: Yeah, it really was. I, I, and Mother would probably make my top 10, even though I'm not in love with it. <laughs> because it's such a unique film that I would have to give it props at least that much. Uh, I'm just looking real quick here. Uh, Logan, um, Blade Runner, and Star Wars would probably, at the moment, be my top three, yeah. I think. It would definitely make my top ten. It is probably in my top five, at least. The more I think about The Last Jedi, though, I love that movie. That might be the best Star Wars movie to come out since Return of the Jedi, maybe even since A New Hope. I adored the hell out of it. And the more I think about it, the more I love every single thing they did in it. And the more depressed I am that JJ is back for episode (coughs) nine. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's cliche to put that, or cliche, it's kind of sad to put the biggest, oh, Wonder Woman, uh, too. Mm -hmm. All all these are kind of in the same area, and none of them really are tens for me, though. Yeah. Get out! I would, I would give perhaps to that movie, even though it's like, like I said, it's a hard watch, and it's not like <sighs> vastly entertaining for me because it's so. I got you. Point with its politics. Dunkirk was amazing too. I don't disagree with you. I do want to see that ladybird, Lady Bird. Because people Lady Bird is talking fantastic. that up like crazy. Yeah. What else here? Uh, I've seen. There's been a lot of like sevens and eights. Lucky Logan.
1: Yeah, Lucky Logan was really good. That was good. That would make an honorable mention for me.
0: Emoji Movie would
1: probably be number one, obviously. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's on everybody's list.
0: Uh, yeah, it's such a boring pick. It's so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what do you think?
1: I mean, you. Um, I think I was trying to – I wanted to watch Hostels yet, but I just – I didn't get a chance to get to the theater and now it's gone. I, I think I have my top ten pretty much in place. Um, actually, I think a roulette actually made my top ten. Um raw you remember that crazy oh that's a great that's in my top
0: 10 as well definitely i've seen that on some top 10 lists from the internet so
1: that's one that that just sticks it's just so weird and bizarre i think i put that number 10 number nine i think i have wind river uh eight uh molly's game seven phantom thread which i can talk about more later on uh six i have the mother um, the <laughs> mother. See, now I have to leave that in. Now, there, now I have to leave it all in. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> uh, number five, I have Lady Bird. Um, number four, I have A Ghost Story. Um, and, uh, number three, I have, uh, The Shape of Water. And number two, I have, I mean, I love this movie so much. Wonder Woman. I've watched that movie, I think, four times. I, I love that movie. Cool. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've only um, seen it once in the
0: theater with my yeah. wife and daughter, which was yeah. just magical to see yeah. their reactions to it. But yeah. I and I have it on Vudu. I can't wait to watch it again, but I'm like, I have to
1: wait until the girls it's, are ready. It's <laughs> so awesome. Uh, but number one for me, Dunkirk. It's just visual storytelling is just, and the music and everything is just fantastic. So I think those are my top ten pretty much for the year. That's a great percent.
2: list. Very good. Yeah,
1: see, and, and like a lot of those, I think are kind of
0: eights, nines. I don't think there is a clear front runner in this. And part of what scares me off of voting for Shape of Water to win that for the competition or, or that we do is that it has so many nominations and everybody is loving on it so hard that I'm just waiting for it to not win. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: You know, anyway. There's been some fantastic movies this year. I think that this was a really good year for movies.
1: Yeah. And there uh, there's a number there too, like just Audible mentions that are fantastic too, but yeah. Oh, actually an honorable mention, Eugene, Blackcoat's Daughter. That one, I I, I, actually, I, I had consideration for the top 10, but it just, it, not quite. It's it's in like that 15 to 20 range probably, hmm. but good flick.
2: Fantastic movie. That's in my top, well, I'm, it was not, I'm, I have to look to see when it was actually released. If it was released in 2017, then that's definitely making my top 10. Uh,
1: Theatrically, it was this year. Okay,
2: well then, yes. that's that's an easy top ten. I, I love that. That's my type of of really <laughs> you, creepy... You has
0: got 15 movies in its top ten again. Oh, of course.
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. yes, and also, uh, I really liked Happy Death Day. That was one Ooh, of the biggest Zeta. surprises of the year for me. I loved Happy Death Day. Have mm-hmm. you guys
0: seen? Yeah, I mean, that's just... No, that not one. yet. That's just... I mean, I guess I'm just thinking of the theatrical releases because... Yeah, I'd have to go over the roulettes. I do know that there were a few roulettes this year that I really, really enjoyed, but they were like Netflix originals. I don't think they got a theatrical at all, so they wouldn't count for Oscars, but they could still make my top ten list. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Are you guys ready to move on? Any final thoughts for Oscars?
1: I want surprises, that's all, I guess. And no (laughs) mistakes this year would be nice. But although that was quite entertaining, so maybe we want mistakes. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Who's hosting it? Is it Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, which uh I'm not the hugest Jimmy Kimmel fan in the world, but uh he'll be fine. I'll take it
0: over to the song and dance guy that they has done it ten times, whatever his name is. But Billy, Billy Crystal, Crystal?
1: Yeah, meh. Nah. Yeah. They need Ricky Gervais to host this thing. That'd be cool.
0: Okay, uh I'm gonna run down this list for the Oscar contest again for our listeners. If you're listening, I hope your pens and pencils and notepads are ready. Here are the ten categories that you need to give me who you think will win in. Best Picture, Actor Lead, Actress Lead, Actor Supporting, Actress Supporting, Writing, Original, Cinematography, Directing, Visual Effects, and Music Score. I also need an eleventh pick, just one of any of the remaining categories. There's tons of them. Just pick one. I don't care. It's just to set a... Randomizer for the tiebreaker, if there is one. And you might win amazing, amazing prizes that are not really amazing, but funny. Okay, <laughs> you guys are ready to move on to Recently Watched? Yes, what? do it. Steven, take us there.
1: <sighs> <sighs> where where to begin? I've got... Actually, I haven't watched a ton of movies like recently, but I have a lot on the backlog that I can get to, but I'll get, I'll get to some of that stuff that I've watched now. Um, I guess we'll start with a little small indie movie called Black Panther. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went up, uh, as a group, we watched this one. We got to see it on the XD screen, which is always just any movie you watch there. It, it gets a full extra star rating in the positive, just cause you watch it on the XD. It's screen. so great. It's isn't just, it? I love that. It's screen. fantastic. um, yeah, I watched this with, uh, my three brothers, um, my dad, uh, Pastor Brad, and his son. Um, and I think for the most part, most of us were, we all give it a thumbs up. None of us disliked the movie, but I don't think that any of us were really honestly, like, blown away with the movie. And that's kind of where I was, I came down, like, the expectations were, you know, sometimes the expectations are just too high. And a movie just can't live up to it. But I mean, it's, it's a perfectly fine movie. It's good. The acting is good. Like it's perfectly good. Like it's kind of, I kind of related to like that Spider-Man, new, new Spider-Man movie where it's like, Oh, don't say that. Please not. <clears throat> yeah. that well, no, yeah. <laughs> no, just in the sense that it's good. Like it's a good movie. Like you watch it. I can, I'll guarantee you, you'll like it. But for some reason, it's just not like something like Wonder Woman where I'm just like, full-on invested in the story for whatever reason. So um, so that's, I mean, I don't want to say it's disappointing, but it didn't quite live up to my expectations. And actually, like I said, again, for the rest of us that were up there, not to speak for them, but I think we all kind of felt the same way for the most part, where it's kind of like, good, but eh, not amongst the best comic book movies of, you know, past five, ten years. I don't... You know, it's not among the best for me, personally, but... That's yeah. fine. Yeah. <clears throat> We're not the kind of show that's going to
0: call you racist for not liking the I, Black that's Panther what I mean. movie. Yeah. But <laughs> I will say, just for the audience, Stephen has donned a white hood during this review. I don't know what it means. It just looks a little weird. Probably nothing. Probably <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Probably nothing. Next All review. the
1: hate mail's going to go... I'm just kidding. Uh. Go, go ahead and do doing... another. Yeah, sure, go ahead. We got plenty of time. Oh, sure. Move. And now I'm going to another new movie. Now, this is another move, new movie, getting really good reviews. Annihilation went up Saturday. Oh, oh, nice. you bastard. Bastard. Do not right. spoil this for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Now, I could almost echo the same review that I just did for Black Panther. It didn't, because Ex Machina, I loved X Machina. Actually, it was my favorite movie of that year. So I was hoping for more of the same, obviously I knew it wasn't going to be the exact same story, but again, expectations were probably just too high for this movie. Um, So it didn't live up to that. But again, you know, four girls or four or five girls scientists, you know, they go into the shimmer um, to figure out what's going on inside of there. And then it's very, it's very sci-fi ish. And I, I have the basic understanding of what's happening and, and what's going on and kind of how it ends. Like, I understand all of it, even if it's not like down to the exact science of it all, but I kind of, I understand the basic things that are happening, but it's fairly deliberately paced and I, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, let's, uh, let's keep going here a little bit. Uh, not boring necessarily, but just, uh, it could use a little bit better pacing and whatnot. So, um, I and I didn't, I don't know, the, the acting was good, again, good, solid thumbs up, I guess, but just, I don't know, maybe my expectations were just too high for the Black Panther and Annihilation, it just didn't quite live up to it, and the ending, again, I understand what happened and everything, but it wasn't like, amazing, you know, it just, it fell short, It it just fell short, still give it a thumbs up. Go check it out, but just fell short. So. Have you seen uh, The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio? I have. I heard you guys talk about that I one. I love that one. I just haven't seen
0: that one. Okay. Yeah. The reason I ask is because uh, Alex Garland wrote the novel The Beach, and that was mm-hmm. turned into a movie by Danny Boyle, and he wrote the screenplay Alex Garland wrote the screenplay for The Beach, and that movie was kind of divisive. A lot of people hated that movie. It was the follow his follow up to train spotting. I loved it. And uh, da, da, da. He's written 28 Days Later. He, uh, Love that a, movie. Sunshine. Yeah. See, that, and, Sunshine was great. Love that movie. And then his first direct, directing gig was Ex Machina and his second one was Annihilation. So a novelist that moved to directing is very fascinating. But I like to ask people what they think about the beach so I can get kind of a gauge for,
1: um, what they think of his writing work. Anyway, see the sunshine. Sunshine is one that I watched within the last year ish, something like that, and that's one that really surpassed my expectations. Because that's I always put off watching that one, and I watched it, and I that was fantastic. I loved that one, and I was ex machina big fan of that. Twenty eight days later, I think Eugene, we watched that at your house. Yes, I think that's the uh, twenty eight. Right? Yeah,
0: twenty eight weeks. No, twenty
1: eight days. The first one he wrote the first one. Okay, yeah. Well, which one did we watch at your house? Twenty eight weeks, I think. Twenty weeks later. Anyways, I've seen 28 days later, too. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, again, Annihilation, good. Just didn't quite live up to the expectations. I don't know. Okay. Again, like, sometimes the CGI, like, it's very, has that kind of avatar thing where everything's very animated around it a lot of the times. And sometimes when you see the creatures, it's, like, it's so animated. It's just, like... So it almost takes you out of the movie because it's like, I know that's just 100% an animated creature and it just, okay, whatever. So. I gotcha. Anyways. yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, I guess I'm next in line. We'll do a couple here. We'll get back to Steven's review of Birth of the Nation next round. <laughs> um, how about a couple of VHS movies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Firewalker. I bought twice because the first tape was so messed up, it was unwatchable, but I finally got around to a, well, the second <coughs> copy actually works and nah, not quite the movie of my childhood memory. I remember this movie being really kind of creepy and scary, at least for my age. And I, especially the end, I remember the end being really creeping me out as a kid. There was this scary voodoo guy and knives, and it was just really creepy at the end. Supernatural. Wow, my my my, it's just funny to look back at how non-horror-y my my childhood cinema watching was, because this movie is actually an action comedy, where they're cracking jokes the whole time, and at the end, by the time we get to the part that I remember being creepy, not creepy at all. But it's a Chuck Norris canon movie, so it deserves to be on the VHS shelf. It's fine for what it is as being another canon thing. If you're a fan of canon... You'll be fine with this. By that, it's a shit masterpiece. You know what I mean?
2: Did it feel like... Because that's PG, if I'm not mistaken. Did it feel like it could have been better had it been more of like the R-rated canon type stuff where there was just murdering everything and just really going Absolutely.
0: Through? That's what this movie needed in spades. And that's the way I remember it as a kid, but uh, I probably saw it when I was like eight, you know? Yeah. So, no. It's not that. It's, it's very much trying to be a lethal weapon with less blood, I guess. I... Very jokey. This thing is very, very jokey. Like trying the rundown or something. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. At least I have a working copy. I'm happy about that. I'll watch it for nostalgia every once in a while. Uh Next up, Above the Law, Steven Seagal. And I was Ooh, really I hoping that, one. that this would be as awesome a time as I had with uh, the one that I reviewed last week. Marked for death. It's not. This one is... He's... he's you can, you know, his filmography kind of goes, I hate to say, by his gut. Because <laughs> skinny Seagal, awesome. But when you start to get to kind of beer-gutty Seagal, it starts to... Wane meh- a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. They run around, shoot a bunch of people. It's everything you want in the kind of late 80s, early 90s martial arts chop Not even chop it's just people not even trying. They run at him and then he they're flying across the room. Like, okay. Because anybody would ever do that. That's that's how you attack somebody. You run at them and then carry them off them like a ping pong ball and fly through <laughs> glass. That's another thing I'm noticing a theme with Steven Seagal movies. The man is always surrounded by glass things and he's always throwing bad guys through glass things. It's glass walls. It's jewelry, display cases. Everything's glass. <laughs> Sometimes it's just here is a stick going floor to ceiling and it's just holding glass for no reason crash in slow motion jiu-jitsu i'll pass <sighs> yeah yeah it's yeah, it's a fine vhs mm, much 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 more vhs to come <laughs> oh yay <laughs> oh i've been on a tear i love this shit i've been i've been eating it up all this this action nonsense it's just great and it's all it's fuzziness okay Eugene. now where are you
1: buying all these vhs's
0: at uh Interesting story behind that. So I've I've been talking about it on the show that I've been getting back into buying some of this shit again. And uh, I travel for my job on a daily basis. So I know where all the thrift stores are. I know where the Goodwills are. I Just for buying movies on the regular. I In the last month, I've been to like every Goodwill in about five counties. And some of them have a smattering of VHS. Some of them have a couple of shelves. It's different for every single... Because some places they just throw them away. There, there are VHS collectors now that have to do dumpster dives to get the shit because they're just tossing it, which sucks. But, yeah. Uh, so I've been avoiding the smaller town ones because this. What a, <laughs> I know what I'm going to find at the one in this town, nothing, because this is a podunk Amish town. There's nothing. Like, give me a break. But uh, this last week I. Was trying to find some more goodwills that I don't normally come across or whatever. And then I had to go to a dentist appointment and I took my youngest son with me, a four year old, and I thought I was only going to be there for 15 minutes. Turned out I'd be there for 50 minutes. Judas Priest, you ever try and entertain a four year old or get him to sit still for 50 minutes? Are you out of your fricking mind? Meanwhile, somebody's in your f- fucking gums with steel hooks and plus Damn sadists. Um. <laughs> So, he did a, actually did a really good job, and so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stop by the Goodwill here in my town, and I'm going to buy him a toy, because so I can get him a piece of crap here for a buck. Went in there, and they have a bin right inside the door, and it said, five for a dollar, VHS. I was like, holy shit, i got to go through this. Five for a dollar, everywhere else they're a buck a piece. So, I go through there, and I get a couple, and I'm like, all right, sweet, yeah. And then I go back to the toy section with him, and I wander into the back. They got like three or four racks, five, six feet tall. Hmm. Like, I, I'm a kid in heaven. I went nuts. I spent $2. Yeah. <laughs> so I came out with 10 movies, and then I went—I I didn't have time. I had to go get the other kids from school. So then I went back on Sunday and spent $3 and came out with another 15 Uh which you'll be hearing about in, in, coming soon. I've got a whole ridiculous stack over here of shit that is going to be coming up, and it's all very VHS-worthy. Uh That is to say, I look at it and I'm like, oh, I can get that for 20 cents? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Would I buy that movie for a dollar? No, I wouldn't. Or is it worth a DVD? No. Nah. So, you know, that's that's just kind of my thought process behind it. I want stuff that reminds me of the 80s and 90s when I was renting this shit. I got some movies, I'll probably review one tonight, that I have never watched, but I always looked at it when I passed it on the shelf. And I saw it there for twenty cents, I grabbed the grabbed it. It's mine. Now review to come. Anyway, uh Eugene, your turn. I've
1: Well, real quick, do you know that Seagal is making Above the Law 2? It's announced on IMDB. Anything after like
0: ninety-nine with him, it's just it's (laughs) over. Forget it. (laughs) That mark for death though was amazing. I was (laughs) howling with laughter watching that thing. Uh Eugene, review some shit. Okay,
2: I know I've talked about this uh, pair of movies before on the show, but it's been quite a while, and they're some of the most recent movies that I've seen, so guess what? I'm going to review them again. Uh, Hold on. Whenever I hear a kid screaming, it's, you know, you've got that 50-50 chance of legitimate, I'm really in pain, or I'm just being an obnoxious little prick.
0: Or I'm just running around playing. You just never know.
2: Yeah, and I think that it's playing... Uh, okay, movie review. <laughs> Wife is on point, so she's got this. Um, okay, first up is Michael Mann's 1986 masterpiece, Manhunter. Yes! And um, I have come to adore this movie. This is actually one that I watched way back in the day on VHS. And th- I think this is one of the ones that I just... When I used to work at the Video Connection, I would take stacks and stacks of VHS and This was one of them because... My boss said, oh, you got to watch this. It's a great movie. And I did, and I'm like, meh, it's long and no. So I never rewatched it. And then a while ago, I went through all of the Hannibal stuff, and I'm like, well, I have to watch Manhunter as well. And Scream Factory came out with a uh, fantastic collector's edition of this. So, of course, you know, sight unseen, well, I have to buy it because it's what I do. I, I
0: want to take a little credit. I told you. You asked yes. me if it was any good, and I told you it was.
2: Yes, and uh it is. It is I'll tell you what it's now to the point where I'm not sure which one of the big three I like the best because every time I watch Manhunter Sound of the Lambs and Hannibal I'm all like well that's the best one Uh and Manhunter I have just finished it up and I'm like well that's that's the best one of the bunch but you know a week ago I watched Sound of the Lambs which I'll get into that Um and I'm like well that's the best one and I guarantee I'm going to watch Hannibal here soon and it'll be like oh yep that's the
0: one but, I, I, I know the struggle. I don't want to interrupt you too much, but you know how I think of it? That is the best version of an 80s Hannibal movie ever. It's perfect 80s. Oh, it is. In the best is, way possible. And Silence of the Lambs? That is the best version of a 90s version of a Hannibal movie ever. And then Hannibal. Next up, Hannibal. And that is the best version of like yeah. early aughts filmmaking. That was early aughts, right? Wasn't it? Uh, yes. Like yes, it was. 2001 or something? 2002? Uh That is the best version of it. They both, all three of those represent their time of filmmaking yeah. so well. And yeah. yet it's just intertwined with that Hannibal shit. Anyway, that's I, that's why they're all kind of like even for me. It's hard for me to pick a favorite. <clears throat> and you know, for what
2: it's worth, I know I'm not a big fan of Brett Ratner at all, but I will say that Red Dragon is a, a very good movie, but it, it yeah. pales in comparison to Manhunter. Pales in comparison. Uh, like, <clears throat> across the board.
1: At the risk of being kicked off the show for like the fourth time this episode, I've never seen Manhunter. Goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye. <laughs> it was nice
0: talking to you. I'm
1: Eugene <laughs> Weaver. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh no,
0: we're gonna keep going with the show. Oh. <laughs> He's just done. <laughs> See you guys, <laughs>
2: uh, Stephen. You really need to get on that. This I, this I is know. a great I, movie. Everything about I have no it. Excuses. Uh, even even uh, the uh, William Peterson again. This is balls hanging out. William Peterson from Live and Die in L.A. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this movie, Brian Cox as Dr. Hannibal Lecter, while everybody associates Hannibal with, you know, I'm drawing a blank now. The other guy, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> everybody associates Anthony Hopkins with that character, but Brian Cox in the very few scenes he's in in this is, I think, darn, not as creepy, but real close to being, uh, as creepy as, uh, I forget his name again.
0: Anthony Hopkins. But you have to <laughs> give it to Cox because he was the first to do it and he set the bar.
2: Yes. Yes, he did. And Tom Noonan. I love Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan is just... Oh, he's so creepy. He just... Everything he's in, he's just creepy. He's the drug pusher in Robocop 2. He's creepy in that. He's the safe, Satan-worshipping grandpa-type guy in House of the Devil. He's cre- He's just creepy. And in here, he's, I don't know why, something about him is, like, he's not really, like, this big, strong dude, like, um, Voldemort from Red Dragon. Like, that, like, he was a big, hulking killer in Red Dragon. This, this take on, uh, on, uh, Dollarhide is much more, like, he's just a tall, lanky kind of weird looking dude, but it's like every scene he's in, you're, I'm like, I would be legitimately scared of this man. Like he looks like he's killed some people. And man, is it such a great movie. The score. And this is, I know I'm an 80s guy, but across the board, this is just a perfect example of a perfect 80s movie. Like I, I cannot find any fault in this movie at all. I, I give it five out of five
0: stars. I love it that much. I think it's because of his quiet delivery and because be. of his, his way he feel he seems like he's uh, he handles things softly, if that makes sense. The way that he carries himself in that movie, because he's so big that it, you wouldn't expect that from him. Or, or you are used to seeing the villains in the movie being psycho crazy, and he's just more just very soft spoken. But he yes. looks like he could overpower you in a second.
2: Yeah, and and Ralph Fiennes in Red Dragon, he he himself is really good in the movie, and he fit that movie really well. I like the tattoo. And he was, like, more of a sinister... I don't know. It was, like, more of a a slasher movie type villain. Whereas this one here was, like, that dude, he seems like a real... Like, he would be... This is a real killer in real life. And that was what made that so effective. And even uh, the Lecter character in this one was obviously more understated than what you see in Silence of the Lambs and all the other ones. Uh, but it works. It works so good for this. And, Steve, you got to watch this movie. It's... It's fantastic movie. Okay, and um to go along with that, I'm just gonna real quick talk about Silence of the Lambs again, because I did watch the uh Criterion Blu-ray of this. Um I mean it's a masterpiece as well. And if uh if I would have watched this last night, then this would be the best Hannibal movie. But it is it's flawless. I there's not one thing I can think of in this movie that I didn't like uh, Jodie Foster, which she's not my favorite actress, but she's so good in this movie. Scott Glenn is so good in this movie. Uh, and I, I'm not sure about you guys, uh, but uh, the killer in this one, I think that I would dare say he's probably my favorite villain in all of the series. Would you guys agree? Um, I, I haven't Buffalo seen the Bill? other
0: one since so long. Yeah, I think he's the creepiest. Just, be, again, because of his delivery, you know? Can you help me move this couch? Oh, <laughs> he's so, ugh. And, that, and I mean, that's... He's building a woman's suit, for, for fuck's sake. I mean... <laughs> That'll do it.
2: What is his name? Um, Bill, Wild Bill? Yeah, but no. in the in the movie... Um, the actor? Yeah. Anyway, I'm drawing a blank, but he's... Ugh, that, so good. And Roger Corman is in this, so extra props for the movie, uh, because Roger Corman. There you
1: go. <laughs> Now, did you ever finish
2: the TV show Hannibal? I did. I watched all of that. Uh, first season, great. Second season, math. Third season sucked. That's at least mm. my, my humble opinion. I'd, it got pretentious real fast. At least for me, it did. I know that there's lots of Hannibal fans out there. Uh, and it, Man, that first season, I'm like, this is great television. And then halfway through season two, I'm like, uh, and third season, I'm like, this is officially a chore.
1: Now who how would you rank the three Hannibal actors, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Hopkins, and um uh, Cox?
2: Um I I think probably Hopkins for the win just uh, just because he's been in so many of them and he's just it's so such an iconic role. Uh and I really like Mads Mikkelsen, but I think I'm so used to Hopkins and even uh, Brian Cox cuz they they kind of sort of look the same as far as you know the slicked back hair and you know kind of frumpy and just pasty i don't know they kind of look the same then you get mads mickelson who's i'm like what he's you know kind of a you know built good looking dude and it didn't quite that's not how i've always envisioned hannibal and i know that this took place before the movies but it's still i uh, mads mickelson is a great actor but i i don't know i'm so used to the other ones that it kind of was a bit weird for me have you There's watched? Ted, Ted Levine, t- by the way. Ted Levine, yes, there you go. His best role. And I, everything he's in, I, I like everything that he's in. Or I like him and everything he's in. Uh, just because I associate him with the creepy dude from Silence of the Lands. And I will say, by the way, one last thing about this is, uh, I always go back to transfers and, I watched this movie in the theater, and then I watched it on VHS, and then I watched it on DVD, and then the original Blu-ray. And so I've always thought that movie was Sons of the Lambs* was kind of a murky, dull movie, and it still is. But the Criterion Blu-ray is a complete revelation. Like it, it's not what I remember it. When popping that thing in, I'm like, this looks like it was just made, and the film is set in. The early '90s. It's not like, oh wow, this is a pretty old movie and it's you know showing its age, but still a great movie. It's like, no, th- they just made this movie uh, this year and it just happens to be set in 1991 or whatever. So Criterion, for the most part, always puts out stellar product, and that was uh, highest highest recommendation. And same with Scream Factory's release. It that even the transfer of that one, it was the it, '80s. It had all the neon-type stuff going on. It felt perfect for that time, and it was a perfect transfer. So I'm Um, expecting...
0: Manhunter, I have the Anchor Bay Double Disc Special Edition DVD. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Which, yeah, that's good enough for me. I'm happy. That's that's a great DVD transfer. I'm
2: expecting Hannibal eventually will probably get a really good restoration because the Blu-ray that I have of that is... Um, it's one of those where you'd watch it and you're like, wow, that's a really, really good upscale DVD. Cause the quality on that, even the first time I watched it on Blu-ray, I'm like, oh, that's an old transfer. And it's, it's, I like definitely, oh, I do, me too. It's like, it's super standard definition DVD. And I'm like, come on. It could-. But someone eventually that movie's gotten high enough profile that some studio will release that in, you know, a deluxe remastered version and. Eugene will buy buy it. it.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yes, And I will will borrow it.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and by the way, uh, yeah, Manhunter and uh, Santa the Lambs are, you know, they're yours to borrow if you want. Steve, eh, but you, we're good. (laughs) Uh, Steve, you have, enough, you, guys. You,
0: have, you have enough, you have enough, you have enough, you don't get I'm to like, quit the show. We
2: throw you off the show. <laughs> no, both of you guys have, uh, have open opportunity to borrow this, to borrow the, oh, okay. It's I've read on too long to borrow uh, the Steven. movies. I'm getting, uh, by the way, no. uh, real quick timeout. You guys can keep going. I've got a quick say goodnight to the boys. So
0: oh, we'll just take, a, we'll take a break. We'll wait. Okay. It's, it's 820. Yeah. We got time. I want to do one more round.
1: Oh, <laughs> Oh, man. And I was going to ask you, do you you have a sound bar for your TV? Yeah, for in the living room. What kind do you have? I need to get one for my TV cuz I I don't have any surround sound. I just I need something to give it some oomph. I don't know if you what uh, you have or what you would recommend. I I am not sure of what
0: oh, I, I'd have to go look and see what the actual name brand is. I because I was hooking my family up with them. I was getting them at uh Sam's Club, they were on sale uh and from my little experience with them, here is what my advice to you: don't go with the cheapest thing and no. don't go with the third most expensive thing go with the one that's just like one or two up from the cheapest thing i I would recommend spending like a hundred and fifty bucks and get uh the sound bar and a subwoofer one that has you know a decent amount of kick and it sounds pretty damn great but i I moved my seven uh, one sound system into this tiny man closet that I call an office because it just with the kids and the wires and it's speakers are always getting knocked off of shit and it just I just couldn't have it in the living room anymore. Yeah, and uh, in here, I mean, I'm missing two of the speakers because seven one you have double the amount of surround speakers and I can't physically do that in this space, so it's just it's kind of like a very fancy five one, but Confined to this tiny little room, it's like a theater. Like you can't even believe because this subwoofer is built for. I got I got this subwoofer from Eugene. I mean this this was in his theater room, and it is now in a room that is about uh, six by ten. <laughs>
1: yeah, because I'm actually in a little itty bitty tiny room here too. So.
0: The sound, like the sound bar in the living room with the subwoofer, I've been really impressed with how it sounds. I mean, it's pretty good. All all I can say is you want to be at about that $150 range. That's that's where you're, you know, and and go on like Amazon or whatever and and look at product reviews. That's usually the best way to do it. You're going to get some extremes on both ends of it, but if you find one that has like a shitload of reviews and it's like the vast majority of them are four and a half stars, it's probably going to be a pretty good thing.
1: Yeah, that's kind of. I was just. Yeah, I was on Amazon. I was just looking through, and you should just go with whatever's best, written, you know, highest rate or whatever. But I just didn't know what you had bought or what you would recommend there. So,
0: I mean, it's a it's a sound bar. I wouldn't go crazy. I mean, you can go crazy on them, but it's like if you're gonna go crazy on them, why don't you? Then you might as well just get a sound system.
1: My my collection. You got because you guys were talking about collections and DVDs or you know your most valuable stuff. I'm not, I was almost like. I'm glad I wasn't on that show because I would have. I got nothing. I, I mean, I've got. I think my total Blu-ray collection is like maybe five movies. I mean, I've got nothing. That's completely because of the age discrepancy.
0: You yeah. weren't around when you couldn't watch this shit whenever you wanted, and we were, and it was hell. <laughs> yeah. We talked about it many times. Like the only time you got to see a movie without interruption was when you went to the could convince your parents to take you to the theater. Or it came up on uh the Disney movie of the week. And then you had it commercials. And then it was edited. And even if whatever movie you did get on broadcast, edited in commercials. So... Good frickin' luck. Okay. Where were we? Uh
1: Steven, it's your turn. Review some shit. All right, well, we'll keep the uh disappointment train... Right on a rolling here. Um, but unlike the Black Panther and, um, Annihilation, which I, I gave those movies still a thumbs up, this one here, I'm giving a thumbs down. And I am, if you look at the reviews online, I am in the huge minority in this movie. Um, and that is The Florida Project. What? what? Wow. That's what I said when I watched it. <laughs> Because Sean Baker, I was really looking forward to this, because his last movie, Tangerine, loved that movie. Um, the problem with this movie is, and I get it, um, it's these people who, you know, poor families living right out of, outside of Walt Disney, basically in these hotels. They basically live there. I, I get the whole, the movie, it's shot beautifully, it has that kind of Sean Baker flair, at least what Tangerine did. I get it. I like it. all that part of it. The problem for me is, and Willem Dafoe is good in the movie too, but the lead, the lead characters, the mom and her daughter, and a couple of the kids that the young uh, girl runs around with, they are the characters are beyond annoying. Like I, I, I lost any and all sympathy for them by the end of the movie, and even like when some of the sad stuff starts to happen to them at the end. I'm like, I don't care. You're just... They were so annoying. They got on my nerves so bad. I didn't care what happened to them. Like, I I was supposed to feel bad for what was happening to them. I'm like, you're a terrible mom. You're a, a super annoying kid. I just... Just go away. Just go away. So that's the problem. I just... The characters were just... I couldn't deal with the characters. They were beyond annoying. I just... (sighs) <sighs> so, yeah. All right. Fair enough, I guess. I haven't but, seen it, but... Yeah. But I, I get the movie, why people like it. I get it. It's just... I mean, good lord. You could have made the characters a little... Simple, like, not complete, just jerks. Like, they were just... I don't know. Beyond annoying characters, anyways. All right. But I'm in the huge minority. Everyone loves that movie, so... Um okay now i think you guys have talked about this one before brawl and cell block 99 i don't think i ever talked about this one on the show anymore but unlike the other ones this one went beyond my expectations because i know you guys talked about it you guys really liked it yeah this was fantastic because this is from what is the what is the other movie that this guy did that western uh bone tomahawk yep yep this one is also like bone tomahawk is kind of Deliberately paced and, and whatnot. But here, I think it works a lot better. Kind of that pacing. And it's just fantastic. I mean, Vince Vaughn. One of his best roles, I think. And just... As he goes along. And just beating the crap out of people. And it, 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 it was fantastic. And he's weirdly sympathetic. Like, you get why he's doing what he's doing. And by the end, that the end scene is just fantastic. So... Uh, big thumbs up for Brawl in Cell Block 99. It it was, it made, it was close to my honorable mentions of the year, but it was one of those movies that was just you just sit there like oh, this is really really cool. You know, watch them beat the crap out of people. Face yeah, crazy,
2: scraping. Uh, just oh, that movie was so violent, so violent.
0: Yeah, I heard a funny yeah. theory that the <laughs> there was a little bit of homage to Street Fighter in that movie, and I was like, that's an interesting take. Where is that? Huh. Oh, that would be when he beats the ever-loving shit out of a car. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> it's a
0: bonus yes. stage in Street Fighter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I didn't expect to feel like like the character so much. But but by the end of him, we're like, I like you. You're a cool guy. So big thumbs up there. Um, I think
0: part of that else? is because uh, he clearly has anger issues or anger management issues, and the reason that he becomes likable is because you see him trying to deal with that like trying to suppress it and then when he gets to the point where he's like oh fuck suppressing it uh, you're like go go nuts go nuts man and wow
1: and the guy like like at the beginning like he works on his relationship like i expected him to go in at the beginning and like beat the crap out of it was his wife or his girlfriend whatever but he doesn't do that he like legit tries to work on his relationship and does a three, you know, and gets that turned around and then, you know, other stuff starts to happen. But like I said, by the end, you're like rooting for this guy like crazy. So yeah. yeah. Well, that might be part of it too, is that even with the anger issues, he's
0: not misdirecting he's his, host- he's not misdirecting yeah. his hostility. He's putting yeah. it where it needs to go
1: yeah.
0: towards the people it needs to go.
1: Um. So this is the last round. Yep. Last round. Okay, uh, I'm going to do, just real quick, like not even review it, Downsizing, terrible movie, thumbs down. Yuck. Um Murder on the Orient Express, that's not a good movie either. Nope. Thumbs down there. Um, I saw that Darkest one too. Darkest Hour. Oh, did you? I oh, saw that do- at Dar- the
2: Dollar Theater. Meh.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Darkest Hour, thumbs up, um, really good. And... Um, Thor Ragnarok. I'm just burning through these. Thor Ragnarok lived up to all the hype. That was fantastic. I really like Thor Ragnarok. Hey, Steve, did you like and, that better
2: than Black Panther? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I've been wanting to catch the uh, catch that at the dollar theater. And I, again, I'm I'm so busy. I can barely make it to any theater to watch a movie.
0: I'd like to, but all their earliest showings are like at twelve thirty, which you know, and then it's two and plus change to. Uh, run time, so between that and traveling home, I'm not going to be home in time to pick up the kids from school, so I can't do it. I I, I hate when they have their earliest showing as being like twelve thirty, one o'clock. I wish they would have... <sighs> I know why they yeah. don't do it. It's because I'm the only moron that
1: would be in the theater, but I wish they would have like an 11 o'clock showing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'll end with this. Uh, Phantom Thread. Uh, thumbs up. This, th- I don't know what people expect with this movie, but it is just a weird kind of romance movie between Daniel Day-Lewis and this waitress that he basically meets out in the country. He invites her into his house and she's kind of like a model where, you know, he puts the dresses on and she, you know, she's like a model and she wears the dresses. They fall in love, but their relationship doesn't quite work as he's too much in his work. And it's just, and then the relationship takes this really weird turn after he gets food poisoning from mushrooms um, and then other stuff happens. It has this really great scene at the end. I'm, I won't spoil it or anything, but it's just it's just this weird, beautifully shot, really well acted, um, kind of really kooky romance love story between Daniel Day Lewis and this uh, lady that you know he invites in or whatever his his eventual wife. But I mean, shot beautifully, acted beautifully, directed beautifully. We're
0: worthy of a career ending performance.
1: Uh, (sighs) Ah!
0: That's a no. Uh, I would like to say that any of what you've said sounds kind of weird for this director, but he once made a movie
1: where frogs fell from the sky. Yeah, and this is pretty normal compared to that one, yes. Yes. Most things are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, anyways, there you
0: go. All right. uh, My last round. Oh, boy. What should we do next? Uh, How about No Mercy, Richard Gere, and... I was going to have this pulled up on my phone, and I failed, because I was texting with the doctor. No mercy. It is a VHS that I walk by on the VHS shelf all the time, and then never rented, never rented, never rented, even though Kim Basinger looked like she was dressed in something skimpy. But there I see it on the VHS for sale for 20 cents, and I'm going to snap it up, just because I remember it so well, Uh, From the VHS days, it's about a policeman who accepts an offer to kill a Cajun gangster, turns out to be a sham, or... uh, it's complicated. We get into these 80s police thriller-y things, and you know the drill. They go undercover, they're gonna find the bad guys, and they get tricked up in this and that and the other thing, and they gotta rescue the girl and the bad guy who's really bad... He's so dark and sadistic, and we gotta kill him. And you've seen this thing a million times. And it, you know what? Lives up to every VHS I've seen of these kinds of movies. Totally fine. Um, that great 80s synthy score that Eugene will love. You, I mean, what, when you get into your trip of these kinds of things, you would totally dig this. It, for the 80s slashery things that you love, uh, to just go down that road of, um, no calorie, Diet, food, whatever the hell you want to call it. This scratches my itch of the shit I used to rent from the VHS store. Just action and thriller and Cynthia, yay. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like,
2: uh, to, to live and die in LA. That's, those are yeah. like, now that's a good example, I think, of like a really,
0: really good movie, but that type. Yeah. And this one's not great, but it's not awful. And I was watching the scraggly ass transfer on my TV and was like, ah, it's cool. That's cool. I know <laughs> and yeah, spent 20 cents on it. Yay. No mercy. There you go. Finally checked off after 30 years of passing it on the store. Uh, the Jackal from 1997, another Richard Gere joint. And there's lots of shit that should not be in this movie, but uh, most notably his uh, uh, Irish accent. Cause we couldn't find somebody who's actually Irish. So let's get Richard Gere to do an Irish accent. Why not? And Bruce Willis is the bad guy. Uh it's a remake and it's uh, you know my my memory over over the I believe I saw this in the theaters down in Dover and uh my memory over the years has been kind of meh and I think I enjoyed it a little more this time just because I this would probably be the least I've ever paid to watch it that's probably why I enjoyed it this much this time. <laughs> it's fine it goes right on the shelf uh next to all the
1: other just cliché action movies uh from the 90s I know I've seen that, but I can't remember a thing about it. It's been years and years.
0: My favorite moment from this, and I'll spoil spoiler a little bit of it. I guess it doesn't really matter. It's a shitastic movie. But after his failed assassination attempt, his escape plan, Bruce Willis, was to run down into the subway and blend in with the crowd because he's you know constantly uh, dressing in disguises, rip off his his hair and his mustache and his cop uniform, and then he goes to scan his card to get in through the subway turnstile, and the card is very noticeably the wrong way, where you can see the magnetic strip is up and above, and he just goes, whoop, and walks right through. It's like, that is some bullshit. Good job, <laughs> Bruce Willis, on the realism. Turn your card around. You're stupid. Okay. Eugene, last round for you. Okay. Um, So first up for...
2: Excuse me. Let's kind of keep the VHS era rolling, shall we?
0: Yeah, I'm down with that.
2: I believe I hinted at this one last week. Missing in Action Part 2. Starring Chuck something or other. Uh, We all (laughs) know and love this movie. Uh, I have it on Blu-ray and it's cool. (laughs) I've watched it a million times. And I always seem to... When it's done, I'm like... When I start the movie, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, they're all jumping out of a down helicopter and it, you know, they, they freeze on every character as they're leaping out of the helicopter and, uh, missing an, they say say the name Braddock, missing an action, like, in the most canon of ways. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna kick so much ass. And then it keeps going, and and the acting starts, and then every time that, um, what's his name, Colonel Yin, uh, which, the character actor, whenever you see him, you're like, oh, it's the bad guy, it's the bad Asian guy that is in, he's in so many of these 80s movies, and he's a great bad guy, and whenever he's on screen, it's like, yeah, he's a good bad guy, and then we go to all of the other sad sacks that are, you know, trapped in the camp and Norris doing Norrisy things and Norrisy escape, escapes and uh, biting the head off of a rat because, uh, but it was still good. I liked it. Um, <laughs> Nothing in your your review would uh, indicate that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, but when I was done, I'm like, oh, that was kind of forgettable. And then, so of course, now what's on my stack? Like, literally, what am I watching? In about twenty minutes from now, what am I watching? Oh, you're a uh, Braddock Three mission. Yeah. Oh, close, missing, missing in action, part one. So oh. I had to start with, the, so I had to start with part two because part two is the beginning. Part two is where he goes back to rescue the whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the
0: the best part about this, see, the reason that you're not getting um, total fulfillment out of this is because you're probably watching these on some imported Blu-ray. No, they're on legitimate. They're on like a cheap. Eh, whatever. They're
2: I cost me all five or six bucks. They're not like high even there, five or six bucks. Me, twenty cents. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, now that was worth the money out. Yeah. Cause this I'm like six dollars.
0: Uh, hey, yeah. yeah. That's, now,
2: that's... now have Arrow drop this on Blu-ray for about thirty bucks, and then I might be like, that movie <laughs> kicks ass. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Missing in Action Part One, uh, directed by Joseph Zito, is probably going to happen tonight. And I will say, Joseph Zito, he immediately gets a star plus uh, whatever this movie is, just because he directed Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, and The Prowler. So those are awesome movies, and I have a feeling that this movie is going to be very meh. But I'm like, ah, eh, it's from the guy that directed the guy it's from the guy <laughs> that directed uh, Crispin Glover dancing weird so it's immediate Immediate one star
0: plus I I, that, I really look forward to your review of Message from the King then because if, if if that's the way that works yeah
1: yeah okay I should watch these again because th- this was prime time Miller family viewing when I was a kid man live of Chuck Norris yeah <laughs> it's I mean it's okay I mean considering what I
2: watched and reviewed last episode that was scraping the rim um <laughs> next next um next up well let's just keep going with the uh, war stuff and I'll I'll finish up my review of Hamburger Hill because I fell asleep the you first time it? I watched it. I didn't finish it. Yes. Wow. Uh, and actually I, I watched it uh, like I wake up generally at 5:30 in the morning I'm like well What should I watch? And I'm like, well, might as well well finish Hamburger Hill this this morning. So nothing sets your day out on a certain course than watching Hamburger Hill at about
0: 5.45 a.m. Who does um, that? It's like I want the Disney music, and <singing> you're waking up, and birds are chirping. Like, you're like, oh, oh, I feel like <laughs> being depressed for the rest of the day. Yeah, and
2: yeah, when it was done, I'm like, "Dag on, that was heavy, heavy stuff." Huh, it's eight o'clock now. What? Let's <laughs> attack the day. Yep, but but I. I I I think Eric that you would agree with me that it is a well-made movie. I know you probably haven't watched it in many years, but it is a well-made movie. It's very effective. In fact, it's one of those where it's almost too effective because it's it's just so it's so gut-wrenching. And like Saving Private Ryan is a it's a that's a good example of a gut-wrenching movie that that's still like it's still a fantastic movie. This one here, it's still it's really well-made, but it's so heavy and it's not quite that well-made, so it's like oh my lord this is just depressing
0: Ugh. the argument could be made though, that it's an this is 80s right yeah it's an 80s version of that like a, of that tone at least it's yeah. I agree it's very well made I have n- no complaints about it on any technical anything it just the story and it's sticking to the I guess the true life story supposedly yeah is so depressing and and harsh that it's hard to view it as entertainment yeah, and much like Private Ryan, like, you actually
2: get to know a lot of the characters in here where it's not just random military dudes getting getting waxed on the battlefield. This is like, you actually do get to know these characters, and you're like, oh, man, like, I kind of was invested in this character a little bit, and now his face is shot off. Happy times. Good morning. <laughs>
0: I think I'll make yeah. some pancakes. Morning, yeah. kids.
1: <laughs> Confession time again. Haven't seen. bye, Steven. Oh. Goodbye. They're just, they're done.
0: <laughs> um, okay,
2: okay. And last uh, but not least, here's my last review that I'm done. I'm finally going to review Hellraiser Judgment. Yes. Uh, so, I was looking forward to watching this movie after the trailer and after reading some reviews, or after reading some uh, interviews with the director who, who genuinely seems like a huge Hellraiser fan. And he obviously is from watching the movie because they had what is very obvious a low budget but it is a good movie for what it is uh there is there's some great parts in it uh, and then there is some obvious very low budgety like they are a lot of scenes happening in a room that go on for pretty long I'm like okay cops talking let's move on to the next scene but then they sprinkle in enough cool stuff to where it's like they really pushed the budget and the fact that it felt like they were Really trying to make a good Hellraiser movie shines through its low budget. It's, it's not perfect by a long shot in the end. It's almost like, it's almost like seven, like Fincher's seven. And I'm being serious here. It's almost like seven crossed with maybe a little tiny bit of Constantine, but on a extremely low budget. And Pinhead is kind of shoehorned in much like he was in the last five movies or whatever, but it, having said that, the Hellraiser character that they have in this one, the actor, he is, uh, he's good. And he actually, I'm like, boy, actually, they got a guy that looks quite a bit like Doug Bradley, which was a plus. But the, the star of the movie, or the standout of this movie is the, um, oh, the Auditor. That's his, that's the, cento, I guess, Cenobite's name is, is, uh, the Auditor. He steals the show. And he's like this, this guy that basically reviews people's lives and then basically makes the determination, are you going to be visited by the Cenobites or not? And he is really creepy and cool. And I think he steals the show, especially away from Pinhead, which Pinhead is iconic. And whenever you see him on screen, it's like, yeah, he's so badass. But this, it was cool that they came up with a, with an actual Cenobite that rivals Pinhead, I guess, even this late in the game. But for a, for a series that has gone on this long, and the budgets are this low, this is a thumbs up. It's not as good as, like, the latest Chucky movie, because those have better production values, bigger budgets, more talent in front of and behind the camera, but this was a valiant effort, and I give it props for that. I think you should watch this sometime, just to cross it off the list.
0: I will, I will, and and really, if you're going to try and rival the terror that is Pinhead, it should be somebody tax-related. Yeah, because
2: it it his character really worked cool. At first I'm like what is what is this? And then when they the first, by the way, the opening scene of the movie is the best part of the whole movie. It was great. And it was like you guys spent a pretty penny on this, didn't you? Yeah, they did because sprinkled throughout is some other cool stuff, but nothing tops that uh, really cool beginning. There you go. Hellraiser right. Judgment. All right, I'll give it a watch. I
0: was waiting for your uh, yeah. review of it. It's so. a harmless hour and 20. It's not long. Okay. It doesn't sound like the out-and-out out hate you had for the previous entry the first time around. Yeah, but I kind of came... I mean, that one's really bad, but I... Oh, you I, came I, around I, on it, but that was a shocker to me, uh, because yeah. we both really hated it. Yeah. Did you watch Revelations? Or was that the one before it? this one?
2: The one before this one was uh, Revelations. The one that... it yeah. looks like home video. I mean, it's... Yeah, I
0: watched it. I think I fast-forwarded half of it, yeah. Ah. I think we talked about it on the show. No, 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 we talked about it on the show and we both really hated it. And then, as usual, a year goes by (laughs) and Eugene's like, yeah, it's a good movie. And I'm like, wait, what? And you're like, oh, I watched it two or three more times and then... (laughs) And then I'm like, uh, what's happening right now?
2: Uh, it's, so. it's it's movie cigarettes. That's what it it's comes fine, down. To. It's fine. It's fine. I don't yeah, care. You smoke, but
0: you, you smoke them enough, and eventually,
2: it's like you know, I kind of developed a taste for this.
0: Well, you do, but you <laughs> and that's fine. You can like whatever the hell you want. I don't give a shit. But you can't be surprised when I have a reaction to your <laughs> flippity flopping of after. Oh, oh, you didn't mention that you launched that two more times, and now you like <laughs> it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It yes. happens. It's fine. It's it's yeah, and, and of course now that I watched this, one, I'm like, well, great. Now should I go through all the Hellraisers and no, there's no reason to do that. No, <laughs> I watch one, two, and that's uh, maybe that fourth or fifth one. Um, the one where they go through the past, present, future.
1: No, the one where what? it's the cop. Oh wait. I oh yes, that was one the one
0: Scott
2: Derrickson one. That was
1: good. Yeah, Inferno. that's good. Which one did you guys do the commentary track on? Hellworld. Oh. I watched that one. And the first two. So I'm You're sort good. of good on the Hellraiser
0: movies. I have to watch it because I'm too deep in the series. I'm committed at this point. Yeah. yeah. I have to finish. And yeah. I I will <laughs> I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it first.
2: Steve, I honestly, like, I would like for you to I'd like for you to watch Hellraiser Revelations. Steve, did you catch is... that part where
0: he went, I would like you <laughs> 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 that, that little that little hiccup right there means he's trying to fuck you bad. <laughs> 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 I know oh. that noise. It's like <sighs> because I'm going to sit back and laugh while you're texting me angry
1: shit that I made you watch this
0: movie. <laughs> I, well,
1: I'm looking at IMDb. It does have a whopping 2.8 out of 10 stars. That movie was made on a weekend. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm not joking. I think that
2: movie was made on a weekend. Like the director had a couple days to make it, or maybe a week at the most. I don't even think it was you're a week.
0: You're reverse selling <laughs> this movie. Like no, I was. No, no, in- no, yeah,
2: yeah, I know. But but but. <laughs> But it's kind of a remake of sorts of part one, but in the most high school play-ish way possible. Wow. And it's just kind terrible. of funny.
0: You're doing bad. So bad.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> they go to Why Tijuana. To There's that. that. There's a Tijuana. Oh. But Tijuana is actually. I think you guys got your next commentary track. I no. think you oh, just I found I would it. so do that. I no. Would. What's... no, no, no. We did a Hellraiser. Moving on. <laughs> okay, according to, Wiki, according to Wikipedia, Hellraiser Revolutions was shot Revolutions? the fourth of, or uh, Revelations or whatever, <laughs> uh, I can't talk either, of, of course over three weeks in Los, in Los Angeles.
2: Ooh, so. three
1: weeks. Okay, well. So that's something. Yeah.
0: And it, um... <laughs> no, I'm going to let you hang out there. Tell me what something <laughs> it is, please. Go on. Um... I'll wait right here. There... I'm Eugene Weaver. That's going to do it on this (laughs) episode. I am Eric Warner.
1: (laughs) I'm Stephen Miller. See ya. Bye. (laughs) See ya.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Freaks. If you would like to get a hold of us, or drop us a line, or tell us you liked a review, or hated a review, or you disagree, or agree, or anything at all, you can get a hold of us at facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod. You can email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter at moviefreakspod. Thanks for listening.